Life Audio. gospel, and why is it important? I'm a Christian, and if you listen to this podcast at all, you know that I approach the world and the world's situations from the perspective of faith. I like to say that I do my very best to hold on to a biblical worldview, and in holding on to a biblical worldview, I have to talk about the gospel. The Bible talks about the gospel, certainly It is the message that is communicated throughout the Bible, from the very beginning to the very end. It's all wrapped up in an understanding of the good news, the gospel. That's what gospel means. The message that although we as people are sinners, that there is a penalty for our sin, that God loved us enough to provide the payment for that sin through his son Jesus. That is the gospel. But why does it matter? When we talk about moving forward, when we talk about overcoming these obstacles and difficulties of life, why does the gospel matter? Uh, Perhaps some believe that faith should be very personal. Faith applies to you, however it is you interpret it. It's personal, and it should have no conversation or discourse beyond understanding that what I believe is what I believe, and that's all that matters. What is the gospel? Why does it matter? And how do we apply that as we move through life? I've talked about the gospel often. I will talk about it again. But I wanted wanted to dedicate an entire podcast today to this very important topic, very specific topic, and uh, I believe that it will be a help to you. We'll get to that in just a moment. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hello and welcome to the March or Die show today. Very glad to have you joining me. I'm excited to share this topic with you today and uh, looking forward to some guests in the near future. We've got some folks lined up that you will love to hear, but today I wanted to just spend a few minutes discussing what I believe is not only an important topic, but is a topic that is absolutely vital. If we don't understand this, then we can do our best. We can even find some success in some areas of life, but ultimately, if we don't understand this topic, the topic of the gospel, we're going to struggle. And I wanted to spend a few minutes talking about that today and 
really doing my best to answer the question, why does it matter? Because uh, that's kind of what it comes down to. Why does it matter? You can believe what you want to, but why does it matter for me? We're going to talk about that before we jump into that. However, I want to remind you to go over to, when you get a second, jeremystallnicker.com, jeremystallnicker.com. Uh, I point you there for one very simple reason. There are a thousand different places I could ask you to go and check out and look at this and uh, subscribe to that. But jeremystallnicker.com is the place where you can find out information about me. If you're new to the show, new to what we talk about here, you can find my bio and the information on me there. The organization that I work for, the Mighty Oaks Foundation, all of uh, the links out to Mighty Oaks and an explanation of what we do is also there as well as my blog. I write there just about every week. You can find uh, several years worth of content there. So please check that out. Podcasts that I am involved in, not just this one, the March or Die show, but that is linked there, but another show that I'm involved in on Salem Media, the Situation Report, also linked there. And then you can also link out to all of my socials. I'd love to have you follow me on social media. So all of that is there, all in one spot jeremystallnecker.com. So please go and check that out. I want to spend the next few minutes, as I mentioned at the top of the show, talking about the gospel, talking about what it is and why it matters, and specifically applied to the broader topic that we discuss on this show moving forward. When I talk about this, this idea of march or die, and that's where we spend a lot of our time, it's the title of the show, that's the book that I've written, that's the concept that I do my best to teach. What are we talking about? We are first acknowledging that in life, as you move through life, it doesn't matter how much money you have, where you come from, your background, as you move through life, there will be times when obstacles will pop up. It could be a person or people. It could be a job situation, a financial issue. It could be a health issue, relationship issue, thousand different scenarios perhaps, but these issues, these obstacles, perhaps it's a trauma, a trial will pop up in front of you. You're moving forward. You're doing the best you can to sincerely live out the life that God created you to live. And now an obstacle pops up. And again, it can be any number of things, but that obstacle, if we don't deal with it, if we don't address it, will prevent us from moving forward. So when we talk about march or die, it's simply this. To die is to stay in place. To die is to say, I can't go forward anymore. This is where I am. I'm not going to give up, perhaps, entirely, but I'm going to kick it into neutral. This is where I am now. That is to die. Because if we're not moving forward, one faith-filled step after another, in every real sense, we may be breathing, we may even be able to put up a, a happy face, a brave face, let others people, other people believe that we are doing okay. But in every real sense, if we're not moving forward, one faith-filled step after another, we are dead. People know this. You've experienced this. We've all been there. On the outside, doing my best present an image that I know what is happening, I know what's going on, everything is fine, but on the inside, emotionally, spiritually, and relationally, I struggle. I may even have given up. I may have quit. I'm dead. To march, in contrast, is not to deny that issues pop up. It's not to deny that pain and hurt exist. To march 
means that while acknowledging those things, we refuse to allow them to prevent us from moving forward. We refuse to allow them uh, to keep us from doing what we know we should be doing, from living the life that God created us to live. To march is to put one foot in front of the other in spite of the obstacles, in spite of the trials, even in spite of the traumas of our past. We're going to move forward one faith-filled step after another. And every day, doing that, marching, comes down to a decision. Will we stay where we are, or will we march? Every day, we get up, we renew that decision, and hopefully, we keep moving forward. That's broad strokes. We talk about that often on this show, and you could go back to the very beginning to go through the archive, go very back to the, uh, go back to the very beginning. I tell the story of March or Die. I give some March or Die principles, and we walk through that. And that's what I do my best to communicate every single week. What I want to do today, though, is talk specifically about the gospel, and I want to talk about it in in this sense: the footing that we need, the ground that we stand on when we march must be firm, and it must be settled, or in spite of our best efforts, we'll never make the progress, we'll never be able to move forward like we would like to, and like we should. Picture, again, with me, the analogy of marching. And if you haven't done it, been in the military, you've marched. (laughs) If you haven't been in the military, you know what it is, you've seen it. Moving from point A to point B very deliberately, it may be a ceremonial march where you have a lot of people moving the same direction at the same rate all together. Uh, It may simply be that, putting one foot in front of the other, but I'm going from here to there. Maybe a long march, maybe I don't exactly know where I'm going to end up, but I know I'm going west or I'm going north, I'm going this direction, I'm moving very deliberately toward that. One step after another. But imagine if you try to take that journey, if you try to take those steps, if you try to march, and the ground underneath your feet is uncertain. At the very least, it's going to slow you down. And more probably, will eventually, perhaps that ground falling apart underneath your feet, eventually will keep you from even being able to move. When I talk about moving forward, it's moving the direction that God has set in front of you. I've talked so often about this, that path that he set you on, that course that you're on. Understanding that he created you with purpose and with design. He intended for you to accomplish certain things throughout the course of your life. And in spite of the good and the bad, the ups and the downs, God continues to have a plan for you. There's hope, but it's not the I hope so kind of hope. It's that resolve, that confident assurance. It's hope that if I continue to pursue what God has set in front of me, he'll do exactly what he wants to with my life. But if we don't have the foundation underneath our feet that gives us the footing we need to take the next step and the one after that and the one after that and the one after that, then try as we might, we'll never fully be 
completely what God created us to be. Now, when we talk about the gospel, we need to acknowledge that the gospel has an eternal consequence. Our understanding of the gospel and whether or not we accept the gospel as it is has an eternal consequence. You see, what the Bible teaches us, and and something that I don't think I would have to argue with anyone listening, is that in and of ourselves, as human people, we are sinful. What is sin? Sin is missing the mark of perfection that God occupied. God is holy. God is perfect. God is without sin. And in order for us to have a relationship with him, that barrier that sin creates, it has to somehow be filled or crossed. When God made the first man and woman, Adam and Eve, he made them perfect and sinless. He did, however, give them a choice. It did not He did not want it to be slavery or conscription. He wanted their relationship with him to be a choice, a decision that they made. They were without sin, but they had the opportunity to rebel against the word of God. When he said, don't, they had the opportunity to either listen or not. You know the story from Genesis chapter 3. They sinned against God. They rebelled, they went against his word, and they fell short then of that mark of perfection. I don't want to spend a lot of time breaking all of this down. There's some incredible books that talk about the gospel and break down the pieces of the gospel. Certainly the Bible uh, outlines that from the beginning throughout the Bible toward and to the end. The whole thing is about the gospel, God's redemptive plan for mankind. But when Adam sinned, he stood in the place of all of mankind. He represented all of the men and women that would be born from his bloodline, every person that would come after him. He stood and represented them. So when he sinned, in essence, he sinned on the behalf of every person that would ever be born. Romans chapter 5 talks about this. I want to look at that. That sin comes with the penalty. The penalty is separation from God, whereas Adam and Eve had a perfect relationship with God. You see that talked about, alluded to in Genesis chapter 3. After God created everything in Genesis chapter 1 and brought woman to man in Genesis chapter 2, the Bible in Genesis 3 says that God, in the cool of the evening, every day would come and spend time face-to-face with Adam and Eve. They had a perfect relationship. But when they sinned, that sin had a consequence. They were thrown out of the garden. The relationship with God was broken. Because of our sin, the Bible says, the penalty is death. New Testament, book of Romans chapter 6, talks about that death, and that death is an eternal separation from God. We cannot, because of our sin, have a relationship with a holy God. That means that as we live this life, if it's apart from God, we'll only ever do the very best that we can do. But we'll do the very best that we can do as sinful, broken, and really hopeless because we can't get to God, which means when we die, we will never spend an eternity with God. The Bible talks about the penalty of sin 
uh, and that penalty being separation from God in a place the Bible calls hell, a place we don't like to think about or talk about, but the Bible talks about it. That's the penalty. Now, the gospel, that word gospel, it means good news. And when people hear us talk about the gospel starting off with sin and the penalty of sin, it's a reasonable question to ask, well, where's the good news? You just told a story about someone else sinning on the behalf of all of mankind, and because of that, I now am a sinner. I'm born that way. It's not a matter of whether or not I sin. I sin because I'm born a sinner. That's the good news. Because of that sin, I can't have a relationship with God. Because of that sin, I'm destined after my physical death to spend an eternity separated from him in a horrible place. That's the good news. Well, of course not. That's not the good news. Good news is really encompassed in the most famous verse in all of the Bible. Even if you don't read the Bible, you don't go to church, you've been to a sporting event, you've seen this on a sign, John 3.16. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The good news of the gospel is that God still, even after mankind sinned, God still wanted to have a relationship with man. And so God did what only God could do. God provided a way that the penalty, the payment for sin, could be made. You see, we can bear the consequence of our sin. That's why if we die without a Savior, if we die in our sin, we'll spend eternity bearing the consequence of that sin. We can't pay for it because we can't defeat sin. We can't defeat death. We can only bear the consequence of our sin. But God and his son Jesus, the Bible talks about the persons of the Godhead. Jesus is God. Again, this is not the time to break that down and to walk through that, but Jesus is God. You see, what we needed was a payment for sin that is perfect and sinless so that the fulfillment could take place in that payment so that sin could be defeated by the one who is perfect and death could be overcome. Only God could do that. And so God sent his son Jesus, Jesus, fully God, but in human flesh. Born without sin, living a life without sin, if you ask Jesus why he came, he would say, and he did. The Son of Man, referring to himself, is come to seek and to save that which was lost. The reality is that Jesus came from heaven to earth. He enshrined himself or enrobed himself in human flesh so that he could live a perfect life. He could die on the cross, the payment for our sin. The Bible says that as he hung on the cross, he took all of our sins upon himself. He fully paid because he's fully God, fully without sin. He fully paid the price for our sin. This is revealed as he was placed in the grave. But because he's God, of his own power, Romans chapter 1, he defeated sin, he defeated death, and he rose again. You say, how can I possibly believe that? Again, books have been written, lectures have been given. You could probably find a YouTube video explaining how it is. There's proof for the resurrection. But the Bible explains, and we know from history, that 
multitudes saw Jesus resurrected. They saw him crucified. They understood he was placed in the tomb, and they saw him resurrected. In the defeat of sin, in the defeat of death, the payment for our sin had been fully paid. Romans chapter 10 explains that with the heart man believes to righteousness, so with the heart man believes what I just described, and with the mouth confession is made to salvation, there must come a point in the life of a person where they understand the truth and then they acknowledge the truth. It's not just believing that Jesus is God or believing that he died or even believing that he rose again. It's believing that he paid the price for your sin, my sin. Not sins generally, but my sin and your sin. He died to pay what you owe. And it is in acknowledging that fact asking the forgiveness of our sin. The Bible talks about repentance that's turning from ourselves, turning toward the fully uh, paid price that God, through Jesus, paid on our behalf. It's turning from myself and turning to Him. The faith is in believing that God has paid the price for my sin. And when we not only know, but acknowledge and confess our sin, confess our need of a Savior, turn from ourselves and turn to God, that we receive what the Bible calls the gift of salvation. Ephesians 2 talks about it being by grace. That is unmerited favor. God gives salvation, not because of anything we do, not because we deserve it, but because he loves us. For by grace are you saved through faith. What does that mean? The gift of God, entirely of God, as we put our faith in Him, we receive that salvation. And that's the good news of the gospel. The good news of the gospel is that once, uh, that although once I was dead in my sin, what the Bible calls trespasses and sins, although I was dead in my trespasses and sins, I am alive in Christ. The Bible helps us to understand that when we put our faith in Christ, when we receive the gift of salvation, we're not patched back together or made pretty good. We are made a new creation. The Bible says old things are passed away. All things are become new. In Romans chapter 5, as I mentioned, the first couple of verses talk about how we have access to God the Father through Jesus Christ, God the Son. We could go to the book of Hebrews, and I love Hebrews. Chapter 4, the end of that chapter, tells us to come boldly to the throne of Christ, boldly to the throne of God. Why is it that we can come boldly to the throne of God? It goes on and says that you may find uh, grace and mercy. Why can we do that? How is it that we can go boldly to the throne of God? Well, because if we've placed our faith in what Jesus did on the cross for us, God is our Father. And just as a child can go boldly into the presence of their dad, we can go boldly into the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Father. We have access. We're made a new creation. When you put your faith in Christ, uh, you are not then waiting for eternity to begin. Your new life in Christ, your eternity has already begun. You're still in this, this body, this robe of flesh, if you will, this sinful flesh with a sinful nature, and they're at war with each other. Romans 5 talks about this enmity, the enemies 
uh, fighting against each other. But victory has already been won. You're not waiting for it. It's already happened because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians 15, Paul talks about what the gospel is, what Jesus did, how people saw him, how there will be a resurrection, and it ends by talking about victory. He asked the question, O oh, oh death, where is thy sting? O oh, grave, where is thy victory? There's nothing there. It's one of those questions that is to set up the answer. The answer is that our victory is found in Christ. If you put your faith in Christ, you're not waiting for victory. You're living or should be living out your life because of victory. So here's the thing. If you want to have a successful Christian life, if you want to move forward in the right way as a Christian, you move forward boldly and confidently claiming the victory that Jesus Christ purchased on your behalf when he died on the cross. That's the footing. That's the foundation. That's why it matters. You are without Christ. You are destined for an eternity separated from God. Future. But in the present, the very best that you can do in a body that is broken, separated from God, wrecked because of sin, hopeless because you will never be good enough on your own to earn, deserve, or merit salvation. The obstacles, the traumas, the trials of life will pop up, and maybe you're smart, maybe you're capable, and maybe you can figure some stuff out, and maybe you can take a few steps. Eventually, the ground under your feet will fall apart, and you'll no longer be able to move forward because the purpose and the hope, the direction, and the power of God that we so often talk about, it's not available. It doesn't exist in your life. The power. The victory to get up in spite of life's trials, traumas, difficulties, tribulations, obstacles, and move forward in spite of those things, the thing that gives us hope is understanding that in this life there will be trials, in this life there will be persecution, in this life there will be difficulty, but victory has already been won. And so, I can move forward with confidence, with boldness. I can take the next faith-filled step, faith, confidence in a God who already paid the price for my sin, already secured the victory in my life. And I can move forward. People ask, why is the gospel important? What is it, first of all? We talk about the gospel. Why is it important? Please hear me. You've never accepted Christ. You've never put your faith in Christ and what he did on the cross to pay the price for your sin. You've never done that. That's the first step in the march forward. You've heard me say that life, uh, 
living is is one faith-filled step after another. It's not just emotion or motion. It's not just moving. It's one faith-filled step after another. Putting your confidence in God and His Word, what He said. He said it. Because He said it, I'm going to believe it. Now, whether I believe it or not doesn't make it more or less true. But faith says, God said it, I'm choosing to believe it. You put your faith in Christ for salvation, your sins are forgiven, relationship with God restored. You are a new creation in Christ. Your trauma, trials, whatever's going on in your life, sin, you're no longer enslaved to it. Romans 6 talks about this. You're not a slave to it anymore. You can choose to go back to it if you want to, but you don't have to. You can move forward with confidence, purpose, and hope. The person who is a Christian, who's put their faith in Christ, you know you have. But you're not taking those faith-filled steps forward. You've decided to stay where you are instead of marching, moving forward, dealing with the obstacles and the trials and the traumas. My question to you would be, why? I don't want to ever be misunderstood to those who would think that I believe marching is easy or it's just a decision you make and you can go forward and just try harder. I spend a lot of time trying to say, doing my best to communicate, uh, trying harder is not the answer. There are real difficulties in life, real trials, real trauma, real obstacles. And so many of those need real help, bringing people on board to help work through that. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is the decision that I will move forward regardless of what that may require. If that requires getting other people involved, that's what I'm going to do. If that requires hard work, that's what I'm going to do. If that requires being vulnerable when I don't want to be vulnerable, that's what I'm going to do. It's the decision to take the next step. Marching. And if you are a Christian purchased by the blood of Jesus, and you are not every day waking up and saying to yourself, I'm going to take the next faith filled step today, my question is why? The victory has been purchased. You've been made a new creation. There may be struggles and difficulties and trials, but there is also help. And you can move forward. The gospel is not just about eternity, although thankfully it's about eternity. The gospel is about, should be, how we live every single day. Live victorious. This isn't the power of positive thinking. This is the power of a God who forgave your sin and saved you. Live victorious. Live with confidence. Live with hope. Live with purpose. Because your footing Your foundation is the gospel, the good news that Jesus, God, came, he lived, he died, paid the price for your sin because he's God. He overcame death, hell, and the grave and provides victory not just in the future but for today. Gospel. This is not simply an important topic. This is the foundational topic.
what it's all about. It's the starting point. Hope if you've not yet accepted Christ, do that today, do that now. And if you have, live in the victory that that relationship provides. Appreciate you all listening, and I hope this is an episode that you'd even share out with some folks. I know there are some people that need to hear this. Of course, I hope that you will share this out with them. When you get a second, jump over to Life Audio, lifeaudio.com. I mention this every single episode. They are kind enough to allow my podcast to be on their platforms. Please go and check them out. Other great shows there. That would be fantastic. Go to jeremystalnicker.com as well. Find out more about me, all of my connections. Everything's there, jeremystalnicker.com. And I will remind you today, as I do my best every single week to remind you, when the bullets are flying your direction, when it seems like your world is out of control, you only have two choices. Stay where you are and die, or better yet, you can mark. What are you going Many of our veterans feel they need to fight their battles alone. This self-isolation has led to the staggering statistic of more than 20 veterans taking their lives every day. The mission of Mighty Oaks is to eradicate the veteran suicide epidemic and help our warriors change their legacies. We've been able to help over 4,000 veterans and first responders by equipping them with the tools they need to live the lives they were created to live. Our faith-based, peer-to-peer approach has one of the highest success rates of any program available today, offering hope and understanding to those who need it most. By aligning their lives to biblical principles, these men and women are able to lead their families, their communities, and our nation. It's your generosity that can make a difference in the lives of the men and women who have fought for our country and our freedoms. Now that they're home, don't let them fight alone. Learn more at MightyOaksPrograms.org. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. God invites us to cultivate thankful hearts by turning our eyes toward Him in good times and bad. To listen to more Abide Christian Meditations, just go to LifeAudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Christian Meditation. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.